How you doing, everybody out there? This is Mike Sanchez. And this is Dave. Dave Nunez. And this is Smell My Bourbon. Second episode, Smell My Bourbon. <laughs> I'm really excited about this one, right? I am, we've too. Been, we've been talking this one, about this one for a while now, and uh, the reason we're excited is because we're actually on location out at Old Humble Distillery in Humble, Texas here, and we've got the owner, Joe Brita. Joe Brita. Spirit guide, bad influence, whatever you really need me to be. Yeah, I met you. <laughs> when did we do the show here? We did a show here that it was, it was Mother's Day weekend, I believe. Mother's Day weekend, oh, we did a show here right. at the distillery and uh, met Joe. Uh, you know, he he has uh, his whiskey distillery out here, and um, I tr- I tried some of the some of the whiskey that he has on site, and let me tell you, it's good. It's good. It's definitely worth having at least two or three bottles in your personal cabinet so uh highly recommend it and so we're back we're gonna talk whiskey we're gonna talk cigars and we're gonna talk whatever else uh we're gonna talk joe we're gonna talk about joe Joe. because joe's got a history that is uh out there i just been just from the little bit of time i've been out here this this morning with with joe i've already come to the conclusion he's probably one of my favorite distillers out here in the world now yeah (laughs) so let's go ahead and uh let's get this started thank you yeah let's get it started so um, first of all, let's talk about the cigar that we got here today. Uh, so the cigar that we are trying out today is the Las Calaveras. It is made by, uh, uh, Crown, uh, Crown Heads, uh, uh, tobacco, which is, I think is known by, uh, John Hubs or John, John Hubers, I think is what his name is. Um, it is a Nicaraguan cigar and these are actually made once a year. These are like their, their beginning of the year they make these and it's kind of like, them trying out their their new tobacco leaf and and a, a new blend for for 2022, so these are very limited edition. Uh, so uh, now that we light it up, uh, what do you think so far? Um, this is my first time having one of these, and uh, I like it. It's got uh, it's a little, little heavier, medium bodied. Definitely got some spice going on in there. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how it finishes up. Yeah, I, I like it already right off the bat. This is the kind of cigar that I I actually enjoy a lot more often uh, than than not. These are like, like you said, it's got that medium body. It's got a little bit of spice, but not too much spice where it's overwhelming. It just got a really good subtle. This is a great cigar if you're just trying to start out into it. I think it's not gonna it's not gonna hit you too hard where you're like, oh god, this is a cigar. It's just it's got a nice smooth. Remember I told you my my whole um, flavor profile for me it comes on the exhale for some reason. I, it's the exhale the, the the flavor I get when I exhale it. Is what really gets me into a cigar. Not so much the inhale of it, but the exhale. Yeah. And this has got a great, great flavor out. What about you, Joe? I know you, uh, you're See, a. This is the sort of thing that just fascinates me with whiskey tasting, with cigar tastings. When I listen to people tell me about the cigars that they're having, and then I'm smoking the same cigar you're smoking. I'm like, we're smoking different cigars. This is, you know, you're saying it's like medium bold. Like, this tastes like bold to me. But, you know, I've said before, I told you earlier, I don't really smoke a lot of cigars. This has got a lot of flavor to it, for, to me. To, yes. To my, to my, 
flavor profile. This has a lot of flavors in that. The same sort of thing happens when I'm doing whiskey tastings and samplings in stores. People say, so what's it taste like? I'm like, I have free samples right here in front of you, Ding yeah. Dong. Try it. Tell me what it tastes like. Because <laughs> if I tell you what it tastes like, you know, if, if I tell you it's got vanilla or cinnamon or, or uh, oak or pineapple or peaches or whatever, you're going to look for that flavor. You're going to try and find it. And, you know, you're telling me what you tasted the cigar. I'm tasting what I tasted the cigar. We're tasting different cigars. This is fascinating. I love... I love listening to flavor notes coming from cigars or whiskey or anything else. Just right, because it kind of gives you, it kind of like makes you think about, okay, well, what am I going to taste? And like you said, sometimes if you tell them, it's going to lead them to them. Mm-hmm. But when you have three to four different opinions, and which we like to do with this podcast, is we like to have two to three different opinions of the same cigar. Mm-hmm. It kind of gives you a broad spectrum of, okay, well, you know what? And yeah, in the same day with the same whiskey, I had people tell me they tasted honey, cherry, and apples. Yeah. And it was a rye whiskey. And that, like and that, none of that's in <laughs> none of that is in my whiskey, but okay, yeah, I'm with it. <laughs> so, because some some people have real sensitive taste buds, and so their flavor profile may have all these bouquets, all these ranges, um, and then there's others that you're not going to have the same. And so it's just a matter of what that individual profile is like, because what one person tastes is definitely not going to be the same that the next five or six people taste. Right, right. And so you it could it could just be a number of things. And, and, you know, I learned that lesson early on when it, I was telling somebody about a movie. And like, this movie is just a pile of crap. It's like a, you know, you, you just you, you prime yourself for disappointment. It's like a Pauly Shore movie. And then somebody said, well, I like Pauly Shore. I'm like, oh, crap, that's right. There's some people who like Pauly Shore movies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, if you like that sort of thing, go watch the movie. It's great. It's probably not a pile of crap. but. Yeah. <laughs> Polly, if you're listening to like, this, we love you. Like, oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> don't get me wrong. He makes movies that are entertaining for what they are. If you go to a Polly Shore movie expecting an uh, expecting an Oscar performance, well, you went to the wrong movie. You went to the wrong yeah. movie because exactly. he, is, he is what he is. He's a comic actor with a a character, and he plays that character. And Jesus, if you like that sort of thing, enjoy the movie. But <laughs> if you're if you're expecting if you're expecting dances with wolves, you're going to the wrong movie. <laughs> Hey, you've got a see Kevin Costner being all like the weasel. (laughs) I could just you you got a real podcast voice. Well, thank you very much. I have a face for it. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, don't we all? (laughs) Don't we all? I don't do a podcast proper, but I do have a happy hour shows that we do on YouTube, uh, where you actually do see most of my face. I cover some of it with sunglasses because of the lights, but. uh, yeah, do we have a regular Wednesday and Thursday night shows on YouTube, and then we do behind the scenes stuff here at the so distillery. Where, where can they find you on YouTube? Uh, uh, Old Humble Distilling Company on YouTube. Awesome. Okay. Awesome. All right. So you do that yeah. Wednesday and Wednesday nights, Thursday nights. The Wednesday night shows at 10 p.m., Thursday night shows at 9 p.m. Thursday night, we have trivia. So it goes till about 11. Uh, the trivia goes from 9 to about 10.30 or so, 10.30, mm-hmm. 11. Then after that, it's kind of a Old Humble after dark where we just let the conversation go where it's going to go. There you go. That's actually And then our, our Wednesday night show, I have a topical conversation for like from 10 to about 10.45 or so. And then the rest of the night, I'm catching up on chat so the conversation will go anywhere. Okay. Uh, last week's show, we, I compared uh, old-fashioned cocktails, the handmade old-fashioned versus the premix old-fashioned. And my lovely wife... It was the final arbiter of which one tasted better. She took the one I like most, <laughs> which was the handmade one. Uh, and I was stuck with the mix. And then she brought back the rest of the handmade one, which was a little bit watered down at that point and had the gunk from the cherry at the bottom. I'm like, ugh, the worst part of the old fashioned. But, <laughs> <laughs> but then after that, it's like old Umble. It's like the old Art Bell after dark, uh, except without uh, Sasquatch and UFOs. 
it's more 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 reasonable, sensible talk. So it is, it, I think right now is a good time to mention to you that um, <laughs> that earlier we were talking, and he said that if he gets a thousand people to subscribe on YouTube, he will box a kangaroo. So guys, I said he, fight. <laughs> I will he'll fight, fight a kangaroo. kangaroo. <laughs> he'll fight a kangaroo. So if y'all got it, if y'all guys do get a chance, definitely go out and look at the old old humble distillery on on uh, YouTube and subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Because <laughs> I want to see that. I don't know about you guys, but I want to see Joe uh, fight a kangaroo. That's, he looks like he might be able to give it a, a run for its money. Well, I figure here's the strategy: if you get in and take the first couple of shots, you're going to catch him off guard, maybe and maybe win. But if you like, you know, if you don't get him in the first two or three shots, I mean, they're cheaters. If you don't, if you don't stun them, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't kangaroos, get them like, Whoa. kangaroos are, are mean. They cheat. They lie. They hit on your girlfriends. They steal your girlfriends. They'll rob you. They'll take your wallet right out of your pocket. They are the nasty. They're just they're mean. Yeah. They're the worst kind of Australian. They're the gangsters of Australia. Yeah, they're the worst kind of Australian. Just gotcha. sitting there with their stupid fedoras and gold chains and and pocket watches and their stupid little red vest, and you just want to just smack the little. Kangaroo smirk off their face. Well, they, you said spent, drinking, they just sit there drinking rye whiskey. It's <laughs> the hardcore a, shit. <laughs> have you spent a lot of time around kangaroos? No. Oh, okay. It just seems Most like- of my knowledge of kangaroos comes from cartoons. Oh, okay. All right. Well. <laughs> Sounds good. You know, my, my, my issue with that challenge is we will probably get to the thousand views, but where are we going to find a fucking kangaroo? Beltway, Beltway 8 and Highway 59. There's a, there's a, it's a, it's an aquarium. But they have other stuff. They have an aviary and a petting zoo. And in the petting zoo, it's next to the petting he zoo, they have find the kangaroo. Are. Dave, don't I ask find a kangaroo. Okay, so you'll we, find a kangaroo. I'll find a kangaroo. All right. All right. Well, then, then that makes it much I'll pay easier. Pay some dumb dumb to dress up like a kangaroo, and I'll knock his ass out. There That'll be. <laughs> maybe we can get Stephen Padilla. To oh, do that. that would be hilarious. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> we could sell ding, tickets ding. for that. That'd be a short <laughs> kangaroo, though. <laughs> That'd be a very short kangaroo. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the temperament for a kangaroo. Though. He's got the pouch too. <laughs> <laughs> now we just turned it into bagging on Steven. <laughs> well, that's what he gets for not coming. Yeah, yeah, you know, we told him. him. It's on him if you don't show up. <laughs> so now that we're talking about uh, old Dumbledore Distillery, like that, like, why don't we try to start getting into the whiskeys now and stuff? Like that's that? what I've been waiting. I, for. I'm waiting for that too. So, let's, uh, so what do we got, Joe? You're going to walk well, us through this. You're we make uh, we make apple juice. We have some pineapple punch. We make, no, I'm kidding. It's all whiskey. It's delicious. That's all we do is whiskey. We make whiskey. Awesome. Uh, somebody was asking me uh, yesterday if we do rum. I said, no, we do whiskey. He said, what else do you do? So he asked me if we do vodka. He says, do you do vodka? Mm. Nope. <laughs> we do whiskey. <laughs> he said, you want to you wanna ask me about uh, brandy? So do you make brandy? I'm like, no, we don't make brandy. We make whiskey. How many times do I have to have you make whiskey? We make whiskey. We're a whiskey distillery. Um, we don't make beer. But whiskey covers so much. Oh, man. I know, right? Whiskey is such a. Uh, so, tradi- so whiskey, by definition, is a fermented cereal grain, or it's a it's a liquor distilled from fermented cereal grains. Uh, there's some other rules that go to with it, legal rules that it it's distilled up to 160, and this is for all whiskeys. It's distilled up to 160 proof, uh, barreled at no greater than 120, uh, bottled at no less than one. 50 may, might be 125 we barrel it at 120 uh 115 to 120 uh okay. and and bottled at no less than 80 proof a lot of your whiskeys will be bottled at higher proofs our whiskey is bottled at 90 proof uh you can get a lot of cask strength whiskeys that are a little bit stronger than that 
I don't like cask strength whiskeys myself, so you probably won't ever get a cask strength whiskey from the Old Humble Distilling Company, partly because we use recaptured rainwater. Our rainwater is, our water is truly special. It's captured rainwater that's UV filtered, reverse osmosis filtered, and then reverse osmosis filtered again. So if you take my cask strength whiskey and bring it home and put your nasty municipal water in my whiskey, you're not drinking. I mean, you might as well get our 90 proof whiskey that's better you'd be like oh yeah you put a piece of ice in my whiskey and you didn't use distilled water at least I mean, come on yeah last time i was here you told me the story about the rainwater can, mm-hmm. can you share that with everybody? all right so back here behind the buildings you see these tanks each one of those tanks is ten thousand gallons uh and we capture ten thousand gallons well we capture rainwater in these tanks we have forty thousand gallon capacity for the rainwater everybody here in the building we have a crossfit place over there uh, and a, a office warehouse next door. They all use the same water, but we have the highest allocation of the water. We can use a thousand gallons in a week if when we're wow. at full production of our stills, because uh, you know it's a hundred gallons. Each batch takes about three hundred gallons of water. It doesn't okay. all go into the batch, but it's a hundred gallons into the pot, and then a hundred gallons to cut it, and a hundred gallons to cut it again when it comes out of the barrels, uh, roughly. And y'all do all y'all's bottling here as well, correct? Oh yeah. Yeah, we do all the bottling in here for our Boomtown bourbon, the distillation, the aging. Uh, th- this is our full production space. Wow. So let, let's go ahead and try it. So what do we have yeah. here? What's so what you have in your hand is our straight whiskey. It is 90% corn, 10% malted barley. We age it five years in used bourbon barrels, and that gives it that lighter color, kind of a nice... Uh, yeah, it's got a nice little golden color nice, to it. Uh, uh, it looks like uh, like the barbecue corn. You, know, you pull, it, the, pull the corn cob off the grill, and it has that dark, dark yellow uh it smells good uh light brown color to it it's not a dark dark bourbon like uh, or it's not dark dark like bourbons or a rye or anything like that it's a, it's got a nice light caramel color to it and a nice sweet flavor to it uh um, right, let's try this out yes cheers please. guys cheers cheers and it's uh uh it just kind of dances across your tongue it is so good that is good and Wow. Yeah. This is something I can I can sip on all day long. Just get a couple of glasses and just sip throughout the day. This is that's the point. This is good. It's great in summer months because it's lighter. Very uh, light. It is. Mixes really well with uh lighter mixers. If you've got mixers like or uh not or apple juice and cinnamon, apple cider, uh Canada dry and uh lemon is a great mix with this. Uh lemonade and a little dash of peppermint. That's how we do our our own juleps, we call those the Colonel Angus cocktails, uh, named after the famous colonel from the Battle of uh, Beaver Forge. Uh, Beaver Ford, uh, he injured his jaw in that battle, and that's why he got discharged. Huh. Yeah. That's an interesting history lesson right there. Yeah. Uh, See, colonel, never knew. Colonel Angus injured his jaw in the Battle of Beaver Ford. Um, Not to be confused with the uh, Angus beef, right? Right, right, right. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And if y'all want to know, if y'all want to know more about the history of Colonel Angus, uh, look up the skit uh, from Saturday Night Live from the late seventies. Uh, it's a hilarious skit, and it's entirely made up. <laughs> That's right, one with Angus beef thing. Yeah, the colonel's the colonel's first name is Anal. E N O L, Enal, Enal Angus, Enal Angus. But if you pronounce it properly, it's Anal Angus. <laughs> it's a great story. I love it. Oh, shit, My wife funny. hates it. I'm actually. A well, fan she of, enjoys it. She hates the story. She I'm enjoys Colonel of, Angus. Yeah, I'm a fan of Analingus. Yeah. <laughs> well, he does. He is. He is. 
He'll eat any Angus you put in front of him. Uh, this is no, Colonel Angus. Colonel Angus usually presents himself at the front door, but when he's not using his official title, he uh, comes to the back door. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Sometimes you have to find but a second wing. Back to your whiskey here, though. This, this right here, I, I like this. This is really good. Like you said, it's real sweet. It's real light. It actually complimented the cigar really well. Like I don't know, I took a pull off after I, I took a drink, and and it was cool because. They kind of just went together, like one, neither one overpowered each other. They actually just helped each other. They, they shook hands and like we're buddies. Yeah, we're friends. I don't know if you if you um, have noticed it, but um, after that first light, mm-hmm. it was kind of spicy. But now it's cut. It, it mellowed out. It did mellow out yeah. after the yeah. first full pulls. Yeah, tell me the uh, matches again, please. Uh, and, and actually, this whiskey started its life out as our Roughneck Reserve Bourbon. Okay. Uh, the problem, the problem with ninety percent corn, is that it's effectively a corn whiskey right and when you put it in a new barrel and you age it it tastes like a corn whiskey it's strongly it's strong wood the, the corn has a light flavor to it the wood just kind of comes at it and it tastes very heavy wood it's like balconies uh balconies whiskey they make a lot of corn whiskeys they do a lot of really good stuff with the corn but it has a really strong flavor and it tastes like corn whiskey right and if you're calling it a bourbon and it tastes like a corn whiskey. You get a confusion in the buyer's palate and in their mental mm-hmm. mind right. idea of what they're buying and what they're drinking. And uh, we ended up changing the uh, changing not the recipe, but changing the style from bourbon to a straight whiskey by changing from a new barrel to a used barrel. And the used barrel gave it that lighter color and lighter flavor, so it doesn't taste like a corn whiskey anymore. Even though it's effectively a corn whiskey, but it doesn't taste like that. And that was the ultimate goal, is to have something that was easy to drink, really approachable, and one of those types of whiskeys that you kind of got to drink standing up, because next thing you know, you have half a bottle, and you can't really get up and go to the kitchen and get another. (laughs) And that's what I I like about this one. This is one of those ones I think it will sneak up on you, because it's so smooth, and it's so sweet, and it tastes so good going... Uh, just sipping on it that I, I think I would probably get a little bit out of hand with this one. I'll probably, <laughs> yeah, I'd be, I'd be reproposing to my wife and shit like that, promising crazy shit. Like I'll do the dishes for a week. I don't know. Uh, but this is, this is really good to happen. So <laughs> it's funny. It's funny because you said the, uh, about the bourbon, cause y'all actually started off with bourbon, right? Uh, oh yeah. The Boomtown yeah. bourbon, which Boomtown bourbon and roughneck reserve were our first two flagships. Uh, the Boomtown bourbon, we still make full in house, uh, tri-grain style, Kentucky or traditional Kentucky style bourbon with a little extra corn in the mash bill, but we age it in five gallon barrels. So we get it out the door quicker. It only takes six to nine months. We don't have to go five to seven years to get the same flavor profile. Right, right. That, that's cool. Because the thing about the bourbon that I like is, um, cause I read up a little bit on this cause I knew we were coming out here and like, you know what? I'm going to be knowledgeable. So I didn't realize before I never realized that whiskey bourbon, all they're all whiskeys. Mm-hmm. They're all a whiskey, but the bourbon I found out is, it's, it's got to be at the very least 51% corn mesh, correct? Right. It has to be it has to be uh, put into a, a white oak barrel, brand new, cannot be put in the yeast barrel. Mm-hmm. has to be uh, put in a white oak barrel. has to be made in the United States. Yeah. If it's not made in the United States, it's not a bourbon. That was, I thought was really interesting. I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. And you get a lot of folks from Kentucky yes. who will argue strongly that it has to be done in Kentucky. It does not have to be done in Kentucky. They are wrong. Yeah. They're wrong. Now, just, they make a lot of good bourbon out of, in Kentucky. They make a lot of bourbon in Kentucky. Yeah. They make a lot of good bourbon in Kentucky, but it's like an iceberg. Because the good stuff is at the very tip of the iceberg, but there's like 98% of it that is. They just want to keep it for themselves. <laughs> so, um, you mentioned the, the, the barrels being white oak. Is that true for all of the barrels that you use? It's all, all white oak? All the barrels oak? we use are white oak barrels. Okay. But that's not true for all barrels that are whiskey. 
because you got French oak, you have a uh, uh, cherry oak. Yeah, there's all kinds of different oaks. White oak is the most common because it has a very clean flavor to it. Uh, red oak has a dirtier flavor, and there's not a whole lot that that use red oak, but French oak is the other most popular. You get a lot of scotch that's made with French oak. There's even some American whiskeys that are made with French oak, but it's okay. not bourbon. How, mu- how much of a change do you find that the, the difference in white oak and French oak makes in the taste of it? It's too? subtle, and it's hard to identify the difference unless you put them side by side. Mm. So it's, color. It's, it's very subtle. The color's similar because okay. it's charred wood. But the flavor is going to be a little bit different, and it's really subtle, and it's really hard to tell unless you put them side by side. And that was actually my first real introduction to whiskey that I liked was going to a whiskey tasting and having several whiskeys put side by side. Because in my, my former life, before I, my eyes were open to whiskey, whiskeys mostly tasted the same to me. And they get 100% of their color and most of their flavor from the wood. And a lot of, the, a lot of that comes from the climate and area where they're aged. And if you're drinking whiskeys that kind of come from the same, like, 60-mile square foot area in the same place, in the same state, in the same climate, they're going to taste 60 to 70% the same. Right. And if you buy a bottle in February and a bottle in June and a bottle in October, they're going to taste kind of the same. You're not really going to notice the difference necessarily because your memory of the bottle you just had and the memory of the next, they're not really uh, closely tied. But it's the same way with cigars. If you have one today and one tomorrow, or that you do them side by side, when, in the case of the whiskey tasting that I went to, we right. had five different whiskeys from four different regions, and we put them side by side, and they tasted really remarkably different. Because of the region and because of the because climate, of the because of where they were. Exactly. They tasted remarkably different, and it was like the scales came off my eyes, like, holy crap, whiskey can taste good. It was like bourbons that tasted like, the differences were like scotch. Where wow. you have the Highland Scotch and the Lowland Scotch mm-hmm. and the Isley Scotch and all the different types of scotches and you put them together and they remarkable difference in flavors. Like Colorado and New York and Texas and uh, uh, Kentucky and California and Washington and Oregon. They all have different climate zones and they taste remarkable. Hell, even in Texas, you have Gulf Coast, High Plains, Central Plains, uh, West Texas. You have four or five different regions. aging regions in the state of Texas and you can get very different flavors between dallas and houston and san antonio and austin and uh uh uh, lubbock and el paso you get very drastically different flavors so from the same distillate yeah it's just the time in the barrel so like here in texas for barbecue we use pecan wood we Mm -hmm. use mesquite wood if you were to use those woods in the barrels Uh how would that how would that be it would be it would add a new complexity to the flavor okay and i have it on very good authority that there is a distiller in this room who is working on a pecan oak rye for next year or the year after <laughs> nice nice so in the, looking in the, forward same, to that in the same vein as our double oak where we take extra oak staves and put in the barrel we'll take uh pecan wood char it wow. cut it throw it in the barrel so now with that said with that said though not to cut you off there sure. Dave, but with that being said i see that we have a bottle of uh, your double oak here on the table too Actually, we do. We're gonna try that out. Yes, we will. Since we're talking about it now, Jack, try yeah. that now. So, so, where do you where do you find or where do you buy your barrels? Uh, from? Those five gallon barrels come from a company called Redhead Barrels out of Dallas, Texas. Okay. Uh, previously, we were getting barrels from a company called. Uh, 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 they're no longer in business. They didn't survive through the pandemic. Uh, Deep South Barrels out of Pasadena. Oh wow! I know where that place is at because I'm actually from Pasadena. I've I've seen that place uh, back in the day when I was younger. <laughs> 
How, how much research did you have to do in choosing your your barrels? It is a Google search for okay. five gallon barrels. Okay. <laughs> I mean, because the barrels are going to be pretty much the same okay. white oak barrel. That's what I'm looking for. The char levels are going to be different, uh, but they're, but they're industry standard char levels. One, two, three, and heavy. We go with heavy char. Okay. All right. So it's not like just some random. Uh, I think I burned it enough. Here we go. Right. Yeah. There's industry standards for the char levels. Interesting. Those are things that you don't hear about when you're out there buying a bottle of, of whiskey and it's like you, you don't you don't think about those because you don't necessarily know what's going on behind the scenes and how right. it goes from pro, uh, from the idea of, of distilling it to when it's ready to go and ready right. to drink. And, and a lot of people think it's kind of magic and it's not. It's there's a lot of science. There's art involved in it. There's a lot of mostly science involved. I mean, you know, yeast does what yeast does. They mm-hmm. make, it makes alcohol out of sugar. Uh, there's the conversion process of turning starches into sugar. The yeast turns the sugar into alcohol. You take the alcohol, put it into a barrel, and it, and it, it does what it does. So the portion of what I do is creation, but a significant portion of what I do is discovery. So you're basically uh, a mad scientist here. To, to, uh, uh, one part mad scientist, one part Magellan. There you go. Because I'll, I'll crack those barrels. And I, I don't know what's coming out of those barrels. Well, I have an idea of what's coming out of those barrels, but I don't really know what's coming out of those barrels until it comes out. So it's a surprise and every time. I'm as excited about it as the next guy because it's, <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's an act of creation and it is so, it, you know, I, I get excited when it gets up to that six to nine month mark when it's time to crack the barrels for the bourbon. I kind of, I'm sampling it to make sure it's coming along okay. But man, when it's finally time to come out, well, I'm like a kid at Christmas. I was about to say, do you ever get like, excited to where like, you know what, I just, maybe if I crack it open just a little bit early, just yeah. a little bit early. You crack it open early, you ruin the surprise. So just so, like a kid at Christmas. <laughs> so there's a, a tasting QA process along the way for each step that you take it and test, yeah. test it. Yeah, I don't sure know what I'm getting coming off the still. Like I'll have a pretty good idea when it comes off the still of what it'll be nine months from now. Okay. I have a fairly good idea just ba- based on the flavor. I know when I can taste it coming off that still that it's good. Uh, the The real question is, there's a whole lot of variables that happen over the next six months, nine months, however long it's going to be in my five gallon barrels. But, uh, uh, that's, you know, the, the controlling that process and, and, and making sure that the luck works in our, in our favor versus against us. Uh, you know, sometimes you just get a bad barrel and there's nothing you can do about it. Right. But my job, my work is to make sure that what comes out of those barrels, it's a lot like parenthood. Yeah. Do, do you ever, <laughs> you raise them up good and hope that it works out, but you never know. Yeah. Sometimes you get a weirdo. Do you, do you end up with a bad batch every now uh, and then? It's happened. Yeah. Uh, and you just, you know, you take the lump, you toss it out and or throw it back in the still and run it through again. And Oh, you can do that? Yeah. Cause basically the act of distillation is separating the alcohol from the water. Okay. So I can take an old batch, throw it back in the still and separate the alcohol back out again. Um, and then hope it works out well. Interesting. But, you know, you don't want to do that with the whole batch. You just, like, throw a few gallons in with the other 100 gallons that you've got. Right. And uh, it goes in dark, comes out clear. Okay. Yeah, all liquor comes out of the still clear. So this one right here that we have right in front of us, this is your double oak, right? I think we should yes, try. I that is the double oak. And you tried – I gave you earlier the the, the oak, rye. The prior to double oaking right. rye. To show you the, the the difference in flavor that the double oak gives. So this you. one's a lot darker. It this is, is a lot yeah. darker, a lot more amber in it. Yeah, and it's and it's aged it less. Smells. It smells. It's aged less time than the straight whiskey, and it's much darker than the straight whiskey. 
because of the double oaking process. There's yeah. extra wood in the barrels for our double oak. And that's where you which get the color in. Double and oak. Then, yeah. and then it gives it the more of the flavor. It's this the equivalent is, of about seven years in a barrel, in a new barrel. This right here has a smell of mm-hmm. what I think whiskey. This is what I think whiskey should smell like, you know, in my, in and, my limited And <laughs> traditionally speaking, rye is what we think of as whiskey. Traditionally speaking, is rye. Before there was bourbon, there was rye. And the reason is because rye grains grow on marginal fields. So farmers had rye grains on their marginal fields. They grow the good stuff on the good fields. And then the marginal fields, they put rye will grow in like rocky soil and, you know, the stuff that doesn't get a whole lot of sun and maybe a little bit wet. Rye doesn't care. You put rye grains down. The rye just fucking grows. Yeah, it, it doesn't care. It's like, yeah, sure, whatever. I like, like this uh, one. This one was, this one's got a more, like you said, a woodsy flavor to it. You can taste the char wood in it. You can. But it, it doesn't, it's, it, again, it doesn't give you that hard-ass kick to where you're just like, <coughs> like that. Like, 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 like the original rye. Like the original yeah, rye, un, yes. The, 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 un, the undouble, the single oak rye. Yes, yes. Gives so you that. the and double oak gives you that good, mellow, <clears throat> nice wood kind of like, that's like a good, that's like a good winter uh, whiskey right there, boy. You drink yeah. that in the winter by a fire. Keep that it warm. It's good. It, it gives is you that the official warmth. whiskey of campfires, cookouts, good stories, and great friends. There you go. I like nice. it. This is, this is a good one as well. This is definitely a good one. So once you barrel it and you sit here and you're and you're just waiting for it to, uh-huh. to get to um, where it's ready to serve, how much does temperature affect it? Everything. It, it significantly. Okay. Um, what I tell people is a year in Texas is like, or rather two years in Texas is closer to three years in Kentucky. Is that because, because of the humidity? Because of the heat, thing? temperature, humidity, all this stuff. When it drops below about, I want to say 50-ish degrees, it kind of stops interacting with the wood the same way. So when it's above 50 and it gets up into 90, 100 degrees, like in here when it's literally baking, uh, it'll it'll actively and aggressively interact with the wood. And that's what you want. You want it to uh, interact with the wood. Because you want it to grab that flavor from the wood. Because that's where it's getting its flavor. That's where it's getting its color. When it's not interacting with the wood, it's not aging. Just like in a shit. bottle. It, it doesn't just, age in a bottle at all. It sits in the bottle and it's done. It's right. neutral. But when it's not aging in the wood, when it's neutral in the wood, when it's cold, it's not aging. It's just chilling out, relaxing. Uh, thank you. Um, but uh, uh, so here in Texas, we go from March till October, November. Until it starts getting cold. So we get a yeah. solid nine months out of every 12 here in Texas. In Kentucky, they get six. Yeah. So you got, you get three more months to, to, to produce your, your, your whiskey and then versus, right. That, then that's a big, di- so I guess five that's a big years in Texas is longer than five years. And, and it's the same way with in Scotland where, you know, they have, you know, three to five months out of the year that they can, that they, that the, the whiskey will age and interact with the barrels. So like a 25 year old scotch is fine, but you had 25 year old uh, whiskey here in Texas. I mean, you're not, you're going to, you're going to get, you're going to get half of your whiskey is going to have evaporated out. Uh, you're going to have a really concentrated flavor. It's going to be a really strong flavor. There's a lot of Texas whiskey makers who have six, seven, eight, nine years in the barrel now because our our industry really goes back to 2012. Uh So there's several of them have had their whiskey sitting in a container in the middle of a field in the middle of, uh, the Texas heat just baking in the sun and they get their 50 gallon barrels and there's like 20 to 25 gallons of liquor in there. And it's a really strong, aggressively aged, strong bourbon that they get over the course of seven years. And it's, uh, it tastes like it too. 
does it. Yeah. <laughs> no, this right here. It is not necessary. It's not. It's not I won't bad. Say it's good or bad. It's just, it just really aggressive. It depends flavored. on. I guess, again, yeah. it goes, I guess it goes back to your palate, which you, what your palate is used to. So if you like that aggressive flavor, if that's something that you you look for in a in a whiskey, that's great. Yeah. But and that's another thing that I've learned when it comes to tasting whiskeys. There's not good or bad. There's different. And if you like it, you know, if you like this difference, it's that's for you. If you if, if you like that difference, it's because you know these are all three different. So uh, you, this is lighter. This is a little bit so stronger. This is really strong. Um, the third one is our straight with our special reserve, special reserve. And yeah. what was, what makes special reserve special? Um, <laughs> nuns, nuns, <laughs> uh, nuns actually, uh, pray and uh, their tears mm-hmm. from their prayers go into the walk. No, I'm kidding. Wonderful. Um, <laughs> and, and, and that basically gallons of tears. <laughs> no, uh, this is basically our straight whiskey. That's so been this is holy put, whiskey. It's been put back tears. into our straight whiskey has been put back onto fresh, uh, charred oak either into a fresh barrel or we have barrel staves mm-hmm. that go into the barrel to give it a, that darker color, a little bit deeper flavor. It's a little bit, it's, it's, it's a slightly more refined whiskey. Yeah. So it, it, it's, it's, it's similar color to your double oak. Uh-huh. I'd say a little bit lighter. Yeah. It's a, a little, little bit lighter, more like a, a beer color. It's a little bit lighter, uh, but it's, it's stronger. It's more aged than our straight whiskey. So it has a little bit more of that barrel flavor. Mm-hmm. But it's still corn-based, so it's lighter and sweeter than the rye, where the rye is that strong, spicy, grassy, oaky rye flavor that you get out of the rye. Really bold, aggressive, forward flavor that you get with the rye. This is a lot more subtle, but it's got a depth and complexity that the straight whiskey doesn't have because the straight whiskey is just the used barrel. And this is a second barreling, so it has a little bit more complexity and a little bit more flavor from so the basically barrel. It had another another round yeah. of, of grabbing the flavor grabbing it's another that. layer and it's just it's just a little bit more refined nice let's take it let's try it out let's, let's take a sip of this one here oh it smells really good <laughs> yeah Thank it smells you. good Ooh, yeah i like that <laughs> yeah and it's another That's, one that goes really well and in certain cocktails, you know, each one of these goes really well with different cocktails. Like the rye has a really strong flavor. It's a really strong base. You can put it in old fashions and whiskey sours and and pretty much anything that has a really strong flavor with a cocktail. That last those one my, hit me good, though. Those that are last my favorite. one was good. <laughs> that one, like, the, like you said, the, the taste was sweet, but it hit my chest and just kind of made me feel like that's good. Yeah. I and like uh, the straight whiskey, I would put in more traditional cocktails than the special, or the straight whiskey, I would put in more uh lighter flavored i don't want to say fruity cocktails but lighter flavored crispy type of cocktails like apple more cider more fresh more yeah, fresh kind of apple cider apple juice lemonade this uh the st- uh, special reserve i would go more towards the whiskey sours and uh i can see that i can uh, see that going with the sours hello whiskey uh, sours uh, uh, do an old fashioned but not with the pre-mix old fashioned because the pre-mix old fashioned usually has a really strong flavor of the uh of the mix because they use a really unique type of simple syrup, but something like, uh, 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 something like the handmade with the cherry and sugar or, uh, uh, grenadine instead of the simple syrup, something like that to, with the, the straight, uh, special reserve. Uh, yeah. That, okay. So this is just me, my opinion here. I can see the special and I can see the original one being good with mixes. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would touch that that uh, that double, double oak. oak. I don't. I, I think I, I don't that's, usually. I think I think that one's one that you just want to drink straight because yeah, 
that one right there, that's like if you had a hell of a week and you just need to relax at the end of the week <laughs> and you just want to say, you know what, fuck you, boss. That's that's it right there. That would be that would be my choice for if I'm just gonna sip on something, smoke a really good cigar, the double oak right now for me, that's my winner. That's who I would go with. That's the one I like the most so far. What we're smoking today too with this uh, Calavetas, this is the, the double oak. So. It has it, it it has a really strong flavor that complements the cigar really yes, well. Yes, because it, 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 it actually it felt to me it kind of enhanced the flavor of the of the leaves. Yeah, with that with that oak flavor, and I was like, man, that was there you go. That that's that's my choice, right? Me personally, that's my choice, Dave. Is that double oak, boy? I, that that was good. That, well, I like that one. I, I tell you what, everything that we tasted it seems to kind of tame the the, the well, spice well, on they, here. They 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 complement each other well. Yeah. I mean, they, like they said, the first one was like a good handshake. That double oak was a fucking hug. Yeah. that was a hug. Let's hug <laughs> that cigar. I love you. Let let's be friends. And that's that's that for me. That's my choice right there. The double oak all day long, for just sipping by itself, untouched. And I'm glad you told me about the distilled water because now I'm going to go home. I'm going to make nothing but distilled ice balls with distilled water because that, what that was good. I, what I tell people when you're when you're making cocktails, make sure the ice. If you're if you're mixing the cocktail with anything, and make sure your ice is the same water that you use to mix into your drink. If it's you know lemonade or apple juice or whatever, and and you have to cut that, use the same water. Right. So if you're using tap water with your ice, use tap water with your mixer. Um, I use tap water in my eyes because I I'm I ain't bougie. Yeah, I'm gonna be bougie like a <laughs> motherfucker. Drop it in there. Whatever. There's the there's the mix the the cocktail channels that are like use clear ice and distilled water and boil your water and like. Right, it's too much whatever. trouble. I just want to drink. Is damn. This is Texas. This, <laughs> this is this, this is, is your drink. You're not showing off to your friends. Your friends don't care. And if they do, get better friends. Just sit down, watch the game, have some whiskey, enjoy yourself. That's and that's the most important thing. Enjoy yourself. Yeah, like there's there there's no points to be gotten. There's no uh, you know there's no clout to be had. If it tastes good, drink. I don't give a damn if your whiskey costs nine bucks a bottle or ninety bucks a bottle. Just sit down and enjoy it. If you need to do stuff to your whiskey to make it taste good, if you need a whiskey hack and put it back in a barrel and add some brain, fuck that. Fuck that yeah. Get good whiskey. And there's whiskey that you like in every price point, whether it's if you can only afford nine dollar whiskeys, then, you know, drink nine dollar whiskeys. But um, <laughs> if you can afford. We're not saying nothing bad about nine dollars. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing bad. If, if, if that's all you can afford, find one you like. If you want to drink rubbing alcohol, fine. drink rubbing alcohol. That's okay. Um, is there a nine dollar whiskey? Yeah, there's nine dollar whiskeys out there. Okay. <laughs> Full size 750 bottles nine, uh, uh, that are nine dollars. Um, and they taste fine. If that's what you like, they taste fine. Um, yeah, everybody has a palate that, that, uh, uh, conforms to some kind of flavor and find one you like. And that was one of, one of the YouTube shorts that I did a, a whiskey hack to make your whiskey taste better is drink better whiskey. That's it. Just drink better whiskey. And they're like, well, I can't afford better whiskey. Well, then drink vodka. <laughs> there, yeah, there you go. If you can't afford it, then you're, you're shopping in the wrong place. Cause there are whiskeys you can afford at whatever price point that you can afford that taste good to you. And if yeah. it doesn't taste good to you, then you're not drinking the right thing. That's it. Do your research. Just I'm looking at. I mean, I'm not. I'm not one of those whiskey elitists. That's like, yeah, you can you know, only ninety dollars scotch is the only kind of good. I'm like, fuck that. You're don't be a dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just drink drink whiskey that you like. Whiskey that you like is good whiskey. Just like Polly Shore movies. If you like that sort of thing, enjoy the crap out of it. 
So I know, sit there and laugh out loud and watch the dumb movie that you're enjoying. Everybody enjoys dumb movies. I enjoy dumb movies. One of my favorite movies is Dude, Where's My Car? It is a stupid movie. But it's fucking entertaining, right? But it's right? hilarious. It's entertaining I because you're it. just like, the, the dumbness of it is what makes it, it so entertaining. Is, like, it's dude. dumb and stupid. And if you pull out a bottle of some whatever rot gut, you just... You know, don't be ashamed enjoy, of it. At, at the end of the day, it. if you're having, if you got shit facing, you're having a good time. And at the end of the day, you wake yeah. up and you know what? That was a great night. Then That's who it. gives a shit what you drink? And if your night? friends don't like it, well, they can bring their own whiskey. Exactly. I, I, but you know better what? Friends. This is definitely. <laughs> and drink I, their is, whiskey. This is definitely, um, the double oak dome is definitely going to be something that you're going to find on my shelves from now on. I'm, I'm definitely going to pick up a bottle of this. So, um, this is the part of the show I like a little bit too, is, is the price point. Because everybody's always, you, you mentioned price points. So everybody always wants to know. And, and we always want our, our audience to know. $90, 90 No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I always want my whiskeys to be approachable, uh, so all of these are in the $30 price range. Okay. Uh, this is, uh, uh, it specs, our straight whiskeys, like 25 we sell it for 30 Our special reserve is 38 35 at specs, I sell it for 38 because when we, we started off, no, everybody used cash, right. so I set it so that it was $40 with tax. Our, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they just give me $40, bucks. easy. Uh, and our rye is right in between at $35. Uh, our our bourbon is sixty dollars, and the bourbon uh, is, is is uh a good point to make here. They do have bourbon. They have Boomtown bourbon. It's it's one like he said. It's one of their flagship uh flagship uh, uh liquors that they made. Unfortunately, though, it's also one of the ones that sold out the fastest. Yeah, it sells out the fastest. And so uh, which is why we move any. it up to sixty dollars to kind of slow down the sales. Mm-hmm. Uh, hold on one second while we have a word from our sponsors. All right, absolutely, so, Dave. So right now, I mean, I, I I feel like I've been dominating the conversation. I'm sorry for that, but I mean, what's your what's your uh, out of these so far that you, we tried? What do you? Uh, I like them all. You I like, like them all? all. I could drink any one of them. Uh, but for me, since I've started really getting into into the bourbons and whiskeys, uh, at fir- when I first started drinking, it was like mix it with something, mix it with something. But nowadays, it's more of I, I think it was after I got into cigars and stuff. It's like you want to. You don't want to mask the flavor of the alcohol that you're drinking. You want, you want to really taste it. Well, right. That's what. That's why you choose right. the, the the alcohol that you're drinking. And yeah. You choose it because that's what you want to taste. Like I don't understand when people mix, like vodka, for example. I, I like vodka. I'm a big vodka fan, but I want to taste the vodka. So like when people are like, oh, well, let's mix it with this, mix it with this, where it becomes this sweet drink where you don't even taste. The vodka, or you don't actually taste the alcohol anymore. You're just tasting everything that was mixed. With All the it. other ingredients. Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, eh. If I wanted to drink something sweet, I would have just drank a soda or or pink lemonade or whatever it be. I wouldn't have drank uh, uh, liquor in it. Right. I want the liquor because I want to taste. I want to taste the liquor. So, uh, Joe just presented us something here. Uh, so, what what did you present us here, Joe? What, what is this here? Because you just went away for a minute here. You stepped away. You came back with this another bottle. What is this that you just gave so us? So, what you have in your hand. Is the legendary? Off oh, talked about. Oh wow! Mo- had by several, but hard to get a hold of for the last several years because when we moved into the new, this new facility, we've been getting our stuff set up and getting kind of prepped up for the re-release of the legendary Boomtown Bourbon. So we got some of the the we legendary wanna, sold is, out, can't get nowhere. Boomtown is, Bourbon. This is from our second batch. Uh. Aged 15 months, our second batch of Boomtown Bourbon. Our second batch of Boomtown Bourbon was from 2016. So this is from the 2016 batch that came out. Oh, wow. Our last batch that came out was 2019, and we sold five cases of it in three days, or a day and a half. He pulled this out, out of his underwear really drawer. This, but that was how small our previous facility was. We could only do five cases. So we did knocked out the five cases and sold them. 
this smells this good. next batch that we're going to be releasing in March or April, depending on when the barrels are done, is going to be about 35 cases. And then we're going to have a regular supply of 35 cases every single month going forward. So the supply problem with our Boomtown Bourbon, the reason we moved into this facility was to solve the supply problem, to be able to make it with our big stills, with our water, with everything that we need to do and get this stuff out the door. Because this is the reason we have a distillery. So I'm looking at this and the color itself is it's nice. It's got a nice like goldenish amberish color it looks nice it looks inviting i'm ready to try it so i'm gonna take a sip of it <laughs> salute to everybody right ahead brother that's nice that is fantastic that is nice that had a that right there hit my palate at the back end and wow this is so smooth very smooth this is this is what, when I think of bourbon, this is what I think of bourbon. This is like. That's why I tell people. This is like bourbon this, the way bourbon should taste. This tastes like a $100 bottle of bourbon. Well, it you. does. It does. I, and, and if you're selling this for anything less than 50 bucks, I'll slap shit out of you, man. This is, <laughs> this is good bourbon. This is good. This is very good bourbon, man. Wow. That. I've been looking at your bottles, and I, I really like your logo. Thank you. It, it reminds me of the old Houston Oilers. Thank you. Not that. You know, you riffed off of them, but uh, or you ripped them off or anything. But well, it screams still, Texas. Yeah, it screams Texas. Yeah, because well, I mean, Umble's an old, old oil town. Right. Umble Oil and just uh, uh, refining company was based in obviously Umble. It started here just uh, about two miles that way. No, where are we? At? Yeah, about two miles that way <laughs> is the old Moonshine Hill, where the uh, where where Sterling and all those guys found the the oil strike. Moonshine Hill. Is it's not has nothing to do with moonshine. Um, <laughs> it's actually a an old salt dome hill where trees didn't grow on top of it, and it was the only place in that area where moon shone on the ground. Moonshine Hill. That's why it got its name. Uh, that's 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 pretty. Cool. Uh, and that's where they found. That's where they hit oil in Umble for the first time, and that's when Umble became the uh, the boomtown of Umble in 1917. And you our, got the little picture of it in the background. Our old skyline there. looked like that. That was an old postcard. Uh, you know, I got it off of uh, the Library of Congress's uh, uh, public domain pictures. Uh, so that was our old skyline. That was Moonshine Hill, Humble, in 1917, 100 years ago. Is that's that the label on the like. back of every one of your bottles? Of, uh, that's of- the Boomtown and Special Reserve. And our straight whiskey used to have that. I'm probably going to change it up going forward, uh, you know, just to give it a little bit more variety in the label so every iteration of the labels is going to be a little bit different I, I like that back label of your boomtown though I, I think it's cool um, because it gives you a little history yeah of the town yeah. area um the the, the look is amazing I, so this is what i like it's about who your we bottom. are and it's where we came from and ultimately the humble oil and refining company was purchased by standard oil and merged into standard oil and became exxon mobile and humble is one of the ancestral homes of uh, of exxon, uh, exxon mobile Wow. Okay. And the, the old SO oil station, when I when I moved here in the 80s, 1980, <laughs> when I was just a wee little lad, and 1960 was just two lanes going both ways as a ribbon of asphalt through the woods, uh, there was still SO oil stations and Umble oil, uh, SO gas stations, Umble gas stations. Uh, Exxon had just launched the national Exxon brand, and they had the uh, put a tiger in your tank ad campaign. I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. That was when it was changing over from Umble and Esso to Exxon. They used to give away those little fuzzy tiger tails. Yeah, those stupid tiger would, tails yeah, that you put in your gas out. tank. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was it. That was that was old Umble oil, old Esso, old Exxon. That was that, and that's our ancestral home. That's what be what 
what put Umble on the map. That's what got them established. Yeah, before then, Umble was just literally a train stop uh, where people would get out in the you know 1800s. People would come from Houston, uh, come up to Umble uh, as a picnic stop north of town, and they'd get out at the train stop and they'd shoot jackrabbits, and it was called Jackrabbit Junction. <laughs> and then eventually, it became a, a lumber town where uh, you know Bender's Landing and Bender Bender was an old a lumber guy sterling was a lumber guy before he became an oil guy uh the founding fathers of the city were lumber guys their border town was a uh a lumber community that was basically blacks and minorities that were kind of pushed out of umble and set up a little border town that's off to the the west side of umble it's kind of an unincorporated unofficial place but that's where all the lumber workers were and we were a lumber town and then we became a oil town and main street grew up with brothels and bars and and all the really cool stuff that you know, you would expect from a uh, roughnecks rough working in the field and yeah. coming back to town and, and drinking and carousing and causing trouble and then the the pearl wearing old biddies kind of drove that out of town and yeah, now we have like 85 churches on Main Street. It's <laughs> yeah, because the, the northern part of, of Houston, the northern suburbs like Humble and then going across back over to like Huntsville and all, all that. It was it was a, it was a, a lumber industry. Yeah, it, it's, and it was it's all lumber active, all through here. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Big pine trees uh, used to be part of the big thicket, but they uh, basically cut down most of the trees and replaced them with pine. You can't can't grow any crops out here it's all pine trees that the acidic soil from the pine trees just yeah you can't it's grow any crops the soil, so there's no crop out here, but just <laughs> and but also not is, not for nothing really good though this is good because the the open the open oil pits that they used to store oil in in the ground kind of kind of made our groundwater yeah. kind of taste a little sulfury right right <laughs> but the cool thing about this whole thing this um I'm a visual guy, and everything I do and everything I buy is through. Pardon me. Not a sure. problem. So I'm a visual kind of guy. So everything I, I, I buy, not only is it uh, right off the uh, taste, because obviously I don't know what it tastes like off the bat, but just getting the, the visual look of everything. I like the way his bottles look. They're very simple. Yeah. They're, 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 they're straight to the point. You know exactly what you're getting. And and, and there, they, it seems like each one of them is, it's got a, like a little bit of history in it. And I like that. That and, and and his logo is basically what what covers the label, and that's what it's focused on because he's more interested on the 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 the, the product rather than trying right. to dress up the bottle. Yeah, he didn't have to dress up. Yeah. He knows he knows the product that's in that bottle is amazing product. So why spend extra money making it look like a fancy bottle? Because it's, to me, those fancy bottles are trying to make up for something else. So like, look at me, buy me, because I'm fancy looking. Yeah, because this at right the here end- says, look at me, buy me, because I taste freaking amazing. Yeah, because at the end of the day, once you're done with it, you're just gonna throw the bottle away exactly, anyway. Exactly. So I like the bottle. I like the bottling is is amazing to me. That's like I said, as I was telling Dave here, I'm a, I'm a visual kind of guy, and I love the way your bottles are because they're very simple. They're very simple bo- uh, uh, looking, and and they and and they scream. I'm badass whiskey. Buy me because I'm, I'm badass whiskey. <laughs> One of the really cool things about these bottles, pick that up. It doubles as a uh, self-protection device. Yeah, yeah. You <laughs> <laughs> Smash somebody one of these bottles, you're knocking the hell we're out. Not, we're not messing around. Those are, they're, That's a they're, thick they're, ass they're light, bottle. They're, they're sturdy. I, want, I picked out these bottles specifically because they would look good on your tabletop as a decanter. Yes, that too. They, they, they look great. You, you wouldn't be embarrassed to, to show it off and, and people would see it and it looks nice and it's got a nice shape to it. Uh, kind of classic, nice? simple, and uh, kind of elegant. Uh, That's what we're just saying. Juxtaposed to the old oil field ethos of Umble. You know, we're kind of a little rough around the edges. We're, we're, we're tucked away in the woods. Kind of feels like a, a, a tailgate party when we have our Friday nights live and our, our Saturday 
uh, it, it kind of feels like because you know, you got a band playing, the woods in the background, trucks, people are. It it's a good, really it's, it's a good like old country game. night out. But yeah. you know these bottles, they're 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 a little bit refined. They're they're called grandeur bottles. Uh, they're a little refined. They look really nice. You could put it in your backpack and go on a hike and not worry about it breaking. Um, it, and it and this is part. With you. This is part of my camping gear. <laughs> that that is uh, like I said. I, I just I just like I like the way it's bottled. I mean, and 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 I go so uh, Dave here. I just I I am a visual person. I don't exactly know what every single thing I'm going to buy tastes like because I, I obviously unless I taste it right there and then. So when I go through looking at stuff in the stores to buy something, it, I look at the look and everything like that. And and there's a lot of bottles out there where they have these real fancy bottles and this fancy labels and stuff like that. And like I was telling him, that screams, "Look at me! Look at me!" Uh, I may may not taste good, but just look at me. Yours, on the other hand, is is like you say, it's elegant, it's simple. I, I like the fact it has a little bit of history on the back of it, you, so you learn something with it, and 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 it, it and it showcases your liquor. It says, you know what, I have badass liquor in me. Buy me, yeah. And and so, uh, that's and, awesome. And originally, when we had the clear labels, that mm-hmm. was kind of the point. Was like what I'm selling isn't with the label. What I'm I made the clear label specifically because what I wanted to sell was what was in the bottle and not what was on the bottle. Right. But then when I'm looking at them on the shelf, (laughs) I'm going through the store and I'm looking at on the shelf like I can't really see the labels. (laughs) (laughs) So I kind of really wanted to see the labels, which is why we moved to the darker labels, the the solid labels, so you could actually see. But at the same time, you know, have a wide enough back panel that you could see, or the wide enough side panel that you could see what it is that you're buying. Well, I tell you what, I like the way that Boomtown bottle looks. It looks yeah. great, and 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 more more importantly, I fucking love what's in that Boomtown bottle. Oh, I love you. that bourbon. So I I am looking forward. So when can we look at getting uh, your Boomtown bourbon again? I am looking question. to re-release the Boomtown bourbon in late March or early April. My birthday's in March. That's about, and we're I'm I'm working with. Uh, uh, the Whiskey Brothers, Outlaw Dave, and some other folks to kind of just do a big launch festival where we'll have music, comics. I love those guys. Those guys are uh, amazing. The Whiskey yeah. Brothers, in case y'all don't know who those are, those those are some really awesome comics. And I've there. worked with those guys from like the beginning of the distillery's existence from uh, the old Umble. When we moved to Umble, uh, I, I hit them up and I said, guys... I make whiskey, y'all make comedy. Would you be interested in some whiskey? Slade Ham, to his credit, he's like, yeah, let's have a meeting. Yeah, Slade Ham, uh, 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 Rob Mungle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those guys are great Rob, comics. Rob's, God, Rob cracks me up. Rob is a uh, character, man. He, he His voice work <laughs> is freaking amazing. I had him do a show for me a few years back, and uh, his southern woman's voice was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> he's, a, he's, he's super talented. And every time he does, he does a lot of uh, voiceover work for uh, animes. Anime. Mm-hmm. And it's the funniest thing because he has different characters in his different animes, but it's always Rob's voice. Right. You know, it's like uh, he did voice work in a, a, a cartoon called Parasite. Right. And Parasite. he was the, he was he was the father. Yes. In Parasite. Like, that's Rob. That's Rob doing Rob. <laughs> <laughs> and then I saw him in another one and it was Rob. It was just like, like that's, that's, that's Rob. That, that's Rob. <laughs> Yeah, he, he's a great comic. And Slade Ham, too. By all means, Slade Ham yeah. is an amazing comic, too. He's Slade, very funny. Slade brings brings the energy like from deep down. And, and it's uh, Sam Damaris is another one that he's he is just he's a, a force he's of nature, a right ball now, of nature. Uh, a uh, ball Sam, of energy, rather. I think yeah. Sam's out in L.A. He, Sam's he, great. He does time both here and uh, I think he's here now and in so Houston. But because, well, his... Uh, 
uh, yeah, when his kid's out of school, he's here. Right. But then he goes back to L.A. to do work. Yeah, and uh, Sam's a great, he's a great, great Tremendous comedian. amount of fun, guys. Yes, they're a lot of fun. Uh, and then when I, when I started with those guys, there was, uh, uh, well, Trey Tutson has joined the crew. Right. Jerry Wayne Longmire's joined the crew. And then. Um, all great comics. Those are all great comics. So. I hate that. I'm, I'm forgetting the fourth guy. He moved to, he moved to New York. And he was, oh, God, he was fucking hilarious. And I'm losing his name. He, mm, it'll come to me by the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> so, great. So, now we're going to try to throw those comedy compadres in there one day with you. Yeah, so I want to get here. you guys out doing more work with us, too. We'll, we'll definitely we'll definitely be out here to support your bourbon and, and your and your whiskey and, and, and your, your, uh, your overall. I mean, so, for those who don't know, you can actually come out here and, and schedule a uh, time with Joe. To come out here and do a tour of the distillery. And I think that's the best way to really, really appreciate what he's bringing to you. Because coming out here, seeing the process, and just hanging out with you, Joe. Just this this time that we spent today is, is amazing. This guy's got stories. He's got humor. He's got history. I got a whole, it's a whole entertaining show right here. Just come out here, drink some bourbon, drink some whiskey with Joe. And, and just let him tell his stories. And you're going to have a great, entertaining time. It's going to be Amazing if you come out here. I'm so glad that we came out here tonight or today. This is this has been this has been amazing. And yeah. you know, I'll, I'll tell people this too. You come out for a, uh, the live music on Fridays when we're doing live music. Stay for the music, enjoy the music. When everything shuts down, if you kind of hang out, there's a real good chance I'm going to hang out and have a drink with you. Because <laughs> I didn't. I mean, I started out as a whiskey enthusiast, making whiskey. I'm still a whiskey enthusiast. I still like to drink this stuff. And when I made a rye. I wasn't a big fan of rye. We had to do a lot of research to find out which rye, why I didn't like rye and what rye I did like and why I liked them because I wasn't going to make a rye that I wasn't going to sit down and have a drink with people. There you go. There's none of these drinks that I make while I not sit down and have a drink. I will sit down and drink this with you. So not only, I like, not, not only, only do I make it, but I like it too. Not only is he the president, but he's a client. Too. I am a client. Yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> but this is amazing stuff, man. This is, this is really good stuff. I've, Man, I've, I've, I'm having a great time with this tonight or today. I, I keep saying night because like everything's starting to get dark on me now. <laughs> <laughs> no more whiskey. Cut them off. Cut them off. <laughs> this is good. So, have you out of out of out of what you have here? Have you created your own cocktails? Um, the apple blossom cocktail is probably the first original thing that we did, which was the apple juice and cinnamon, and that was born out of an, a, a failed experiment of doing apple infused whiskeys. Uh, you know, cutting up a, you know, we had mason jars with uh, slices of apple and whiskey in it to see what combo of apple and cinnamon and whiskey and, you know, whatever other spices we threw in there. And none of them really quite tasted quite right. And I didn't feel comfortable of diverting a portion of my whiskey into this thing that I wasn't really satisfied with. And it was actually my mom who said, why don't you just turn it into a cocktail and sell it at the distillery when you do tours? And that's when I, I went and got just plain old Mott's apple juice and uh, some cinnamon. And that was the, the birth of the apple blossom, my mom's favorite cocktail. Nice. Um, the uh, lemonade with a touch of peppermint was the second cocktail that I did. Something that was a little bit brighter and a little bit easier. And what do you uh, call that one? That's the Colonel Angus cocktail. The Colonel Angus. Yes. I like that. So you I come like to the that. distillery, have a little Colonel Angus with me. There you go. You know? <laughs> And it's it and it's it's lemonade. It's like peppermint lemonade, just a hint of peppermint, just enough to feel it. And it kind of on a, a you know summer day when it's warm, it just kind of opens up everything. It's like a mint julep, but it tastes better. Okay. I and like those that. are probably the two 
those are the first two classic cocktails that we kind of set it up here. The mint, the, the Colonel Angus is kind of a, a variation of a, uh, the mint julep, which is a variation of the old fashioned, which is, you know, just simple syrup and, uh, simple syrup and, uh, uh, fruit. That's it. That's, that's what an old fashioned originally was simple right. syrup and fruit. Um, they threw in bitters. I kind of skipped that part. Uh, <laughs> and then our, our highball is a variation of the traditional highball, which was ginger ale and lime. I thought the lime gave it a little bit too much of a citrusy edge. So I switched it to lemon and ginger ale and lemon is just a really, really light, clean, refreshing drink by itself. Throwing a little bit of whiskey and it makes it even better. Uh, and then, um, uh, we also do a variation on the whiskey and Coke called the whiff and poof, which is a little pinch of cinnamon in with the Coke and, uh, whiskey. And it is, uh, it is, it was, it was also born out of kind of an accident because my, uh, uh, associate Lisa, Lisa Lenny, who comes and helps me out with the Friday nights with the music, she bought some uh, cinnamon Coke once and made, she, it, was, it was just an accident. Instead of doing whiskey and Coke, she had whiskey Coke with cinnamon. And she's like, oh, this is actually pretty good. What if we just, you know, she can't find the cinnamon stuff anymore. What if we just, and she threw in a pinch of cinnamon. She's like, this actually tastes pretty good. I'm like, okay, that's, let's roll with it. If that's what you like, go for it. I, I, she enjoys it. So out of those, <laughs> out of those, uh, out of those uh, three cocktails that you mentioned, which one is your favorite? Uh, the apple is? blossom. The apple blossom. Yeah. There you go. That sounds good. I, the apple with the cinnamon with the whiskey just sounds good. To it is. Too. It's sweet and easy to drink. And there's variations on that where you can do uh, uh, apple cider, uh, either the sparkling apple cider, or if you really want to take a step in the uh, on the wild side, you do the the spiked apple cider with a shot of whiskey. And whoo, baby, <laughs> hold on to your panties because they are going to get blown right off. They're <laughs> really good. My kind of drink. Uh, and I, and I've I've played around with different cocktails. Uh, uh, I, I really like making up dumb stories to go with my cocktails, uh, <laughs> because it, it, it adds a, it adds a whole nother, uh, aspect to it. So, uh, we, I, I do one that's called the barnstormer, which is a glass of champagne with a shot of whiskey. And I discovered that particular cocktail when I was flying after, after I got discharged from world war one from the air force, uh, me and my team went back to the States. Uh, we did this cocktail because back, you know, in the camps in world war one, what we would do is we'd hang out with the other airmen and the Brits had their gin and the French had their, um, champagne that they would drink behind the lines. And we, of course, we had our whiskey because we're, we're Americans. We brought whiskey. And what we would do is we'd hang out with the Brits and they'd have their gin and the gin and whiskey. And we'd talk, we'd tell our stories, but over in the French camp, they had the French hookers and that's where we would go hang out most of the time. And they'd have their champagne. We'd have our whiskey. And every once in a while we'd take a little whiskey, pour it in the champagne. And it was a really, really good drink. Um, so back in World War One, huh? Yeah, back when so I was uh, flying, you, you flying were, planes. But you were with the Navy, so I'm assuming you were like a little seaman back then. Uh, well, you know, flying planes. All right, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but then when we came back home and we started doing the shows, the barnstorming shows, that was the drinks that we would serve at the bar that we would set up in the barnstorming events, and that was our our, our barnstorming cocktails. That Great sounds story. actually interesting. And, I like uh, that. Champagne, a shot of whiskey, and a garnish of uh, orange, if that's what you want. 
if that's what you want. Yeah, but that's the kind of thing. For that us, we just we're yeah, not noise kind of guy. I don't I don't normally champagne hang, shot of whiskey. I don't, I don't normally mess around with garnishes because that's having a whole another thing in the house and like whatever. <laughs> then you have to get up and <laughs> Gotta cut, cut things them up, up and, and uh, just, just cut the right kind of slice. Cut up a whole orange just for a slice. Nah, I'd rather just eat the orange. It's fine. Um. Or, or there was the time uh, when I was hanging out in Cuba back uh, right around the turn of the century. Um, and I, we were me and my friends, uh, Klaus, and Pierre and uh, Sam and uh, Wilford. We were we were hanging out in Cuba. We all got together for this job. We were delivering a pallet of stuff uh, to the port in Cuba. And we went to this bar and in the bar, the bartender had a uh, banana rat. A banana rat is like a really big rat, right? He had a, the whole banana rat. And uh, I bet, Klaus, that we could probably steal that banana. It was a stuffed banana rat. I said, I bet we could steal that banana rat. He's like, I bet you can't steal a banana rat. So we started drinking this drink at that bar, which was whiskey, uh, banana, uh, a banana liqueur, some uh, walnut bitters, and banana liqueur, walnut bitters, and, uh, and, and it was on the rocks. And that, that's what we were drinking pretty much the whole night. Uh, and that you know, we, we developed this whole plan. And at the end of the night, we, we steal the banana rat uh, and the skull. We, we the skull got separated from the stuffed banana rat. And we basically passed that banana rat skull around as a trophy. And the drink we were drinking that night was we named it the banana rat skull or banana rascal. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, I lost touch with Klaus uh, after the main exploded uh, because, you know, the whole war ended up happening uh yeah. the spanish american war and then world war one i, I kind of lost touch with klaus i'm sure i probably ran into him at some point over the next 20 years but but yeah uh yeah we kind of lost lost touch with the rest of the guys but the banana rat skull it 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 still made it the skull made it made the rounds it probably ended up in france somewhere but the cocktail the cocktail survived the still lives today <laughs> <laughs> nice and on that note <laughs> <laughs> And it's the story behind the cocktails. It's really fun. That's why I say, coming here, and you're going to get so many stories. You're going to get so much entertainment out of just being here. And then you're going to have the great whiskey to go along with. It, oh, yeah. it's, the stories complement the whiskey. The yeah. whiskey complements oh, the stories. And there's also the uh, the whiskey and uh, Sunkist, the orange Sunkist, mm -hmm. that uh, I, I discovered uh, when I was on a, I was on a, a uh, it was a tour out to the South Pacific where this guy who hired me basically was going to pay me to jump into a volcano to save this island. To You're going to be the, the sacrifice. Yeah, to appease the gods. Okay, I got you. Uh, hilarity ensues, and what ultimately ends up happening is I jump into the volcano, but then like a plume of, of gas like launches me back out of the volcano, and I end up on uh, in the ocean on my steamer trunks and get picked up by a, a yacht, and all I had on me was some whiskey and some sunkist and whatever was in the uh, the steamer trunks. So we, uh, we made up this uh, with this really good drink. Call it, yeah. It's called the Joe versus the volcano. It was great. It was a great drink. I like it. I want, I'm looking. For, I want to try that drink. That sounds like a drink that I would like to try. <laughs> yeah, you'll end up, end up on a steamer truck. I'll end up on a steamer truck in the middle of the Pacific somewhere. There's better cocktails to have. <laughs> that's definitely like you know when you're off on the island. That's, that's all you got. That's what you got. Island fun. It was a weird time in my life. I had this thing. So the so doctor Joe, said I was going to, you know, this thing was going to make my brain not work anymore. It was, it was a weird, I, I, weird time I think in my life. I think the doctor was wrong because your brain obviously <laughs> works on overdrive. <laughs> so Joe, um, real quick, cause we're, we're in the, the end of our podcast. Yeah. Here. I'm going to make where, this thing go as long as I can. Where can, where, <laughs> where can people find you? What, what social media can they find you on? How can All they get of the social you? medias. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, 
uh, Twitch even. Uh, occasionally, oh. I go into Twitch and I play games. Games? We'll get, what are you gaming? Usually, usually it's just Fortnite and I play badly. Uh, okay. I've been trying to do this uh, 100 to 1 challenge on Fortnite where I finish a game 100th place and then I follow it up with a win. But the really it's really hard to finish 100th place. Because, like, there's 100 people in the lobby and you have to die first. And I'm not really good enough to die first. Just get a good friend. Um, ah, <laughs> friendly fire. That's how it works. I, it's, 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 it's hard for me to do that. But it's even harder for me to finish first. So I, I, it's, like, the most difficult two things to do. And I'm trying to do them back to back. And it's been, like, three weeks and I still haven't done it. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, so I'm also on Twitch, too. So I, I do so, the Twitch thing. So Old Humble Distilling Company on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, YouTube. We're trying to build up our followers on YouTube. Uh, we do our live shows twice a week and we do the live music on friday nights when we're when we have bands at the distillery um can they get tickets to tour your distillery where or where, or where can they get yeah they can at? find when when we're when we're actively doing the tours you can find us through groupon mm-hmm. um or or just come to one of the shows on friday uh during the fall when college football starts back up we'll be doing uh university of houston football cougar tailgates if you don't want to watch a university of houston football game uh don't come because we're gonna have <laughs> we're gonna have university of, or come and just don't watch it. You know, just be terrible. Come and drink, drink. Come and drink the yeah, bourbon, the bourbon drink and the whiskey. whiskey. Um, but yeah, you can find it. We're we're active on most of the social medias. Uh, we're really trying to build a following to get visibility for the bands and guests that come out to the distillery on uh, the YouTube's. Uh, and like you said earlier, when I get a thousand subscribers, I'm gonna fight a kangaroo. I'm looking for that. So, <laughs> so definitely, guys, if y'all can go out there to YouTube, find Old Humble Distillery on YouTube, subscribe. And make a leave a comment. Just leave a comment for him. Yeah. Hey Joe, can't wait to see you fight that kangaroo. Or hey Joe, bring it. <laughs> yeah. Send us the link and we'll post it on the uh, sure episode description. Sure thing. We'll definitely sure. do that. So. Oh, and of course our website oldhumbledistilling.com and the original social media apps, uh, your local bar or tavern. There you go, and that's and that's the best ones that I think go to because that's where you get to try it out right there and then. Specs, total wine, build your own campfire, build your own cookout, bring our whiskey. We're there. Well, I'll be there in spirit. In Sweet. spirit. Definitely, in each one of those spirits there. <laughs> the so, official whiskey of campouts, cookouts, good stories, and great friends. <laughs> nice. nice. So, uh, with us, we got a. Uh, this is the part where we get to we promote our little uh, those comedy compadres things that we got going on. Yeah, uh, we just did a show last night in in, in uh, Beaumont and Beaumont at uh, Poor Brothers uh, Brewery, and it great, great show, great turnout. Uh, thank you guys in Beaumont for having us out. We appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also have a lot of stuff coming up for you guys. We got a lot of great uh, opportunities to come and see uh, those comedy compadres, and uh, hopefully, as y'all come out to see those comedy compadres, we'll be uh, you'll be able to taste a lot of this old humble distillery because I feel like they're gonna, gonna they're gonna get tied in with us in one way or another. They're gonna get tied in. We're gonna carry them around. They're gonna carry us around. Um, so we do have shows coming up in September sixteenth uh, and seventeenth. Uh, on the sixteenth, we'll be at, at the lounge at six and uh, in Sugarland, and we're gonna have the very funny Eric Knowles. 2016 World Series comedy winner, uh, 2016 um, Veterans Choice Award, Military Veterans Choice Award comedian, uh, along with um, uh, Kinjamin uh, Alonzo, Alonzo uh, Dan Hornstein, and uh, Harris Sayani. So uh, they'll be there on the 16th of September. On September 17th, we're going to be at our, at our home base, uh, Winners Bar Pasadena. Mm-hmm. Uh, same lineup. It's going to be great. Um, and then... After that, we have a really, really special show coming out in October that we're looking forward to. October uh, 8th, we're going to have the very funny uh, Monique Marvez at the uh, the Lounge at 6. It's two shows, limited seating. And on that show right there, I believe we're working on it. We're going to have some Old Humble Distillery uh, 
whiskey out there. It's going to be a big part of that show. You're trying to convince me to do we're it. We're trying to convince me into doing it. Getting real close to convincing me. Because I think I think it's going to be a heck of a show, and I think the whiskey is going to make it that much better. For sure. That much better. So, um, Whiskey all these usually shows helps can, comedy acts be better. Yeah. Whiskey makes everything better. <laughs> whiskey has saved numerous marriages. I've also heard, this is a... This is this is a rumor. I haven't confirmed it, but if you drink enough of our rye, you grow three inches taller and become a better fighter. I'm taking that's going to be part of the uh, kangaroo thing then. I tell you, if I'm going to go fight a kangaroo, I'm going to be really, really, really full of whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, follow us on our social media, Los Comedy Compadres. We're on Instagram, Facebook. Um, I believe we're now getting to Snapchat, and we're eventually opening up a TikTok as well. Yep, where they can follow some more videos of, of the various com- uh, compadres and, yeah, and some behind some the scenes, skits, some behind the scenes of our of our uh, days on the road as we go to these different shows, uh, as we continue to travel and and bring comedy everywhere. Um, they, and y'all and y'all have a uh, tickle fights on OnlyFans, right? No, we had tickle fights all the time, <laughs> and, and, yeah. and, and a lot of it makes it to our social media. Some of it will it, become. We are considering the OnlyFans. We could probably tie it in with your with your old old the old Tillery, OnlyFans uh, OnlyFans account, which, which is, is all whiskey and feet. Just whiskey's and feet. He just him pouring whiskey over his feet into a shot glass and moaning, <laughs> splashing on t- in the toes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> between the toes. If y'all if y'all want to pay for that, let me know. I'll, I'll set up a I'll set up a site. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that. And you can also find the podcast on on Instagram. Smell my bourbon. So. Instagram uh, and uh, Spotify and iTunes. iTunes, yes. Well, that's it. If you follow us there, you're going to get enough of us. You're going to have plenty <laughs> enough of us. Plenty there. enough. So, um, well, this is Mike speaking from Old Humble Distillery. Uh, thank you, all guys, for listening. Uh, tune in for next month for the next podcast uh, where we are going to hopefully by then we'll, we'll have an update on uh, on Joe fighting this kangaroo. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Mike, I'm Joe and Dave. See y'all next time. All right. Later.